Hey, everybody, and welcome to Cancer in the Room, the podcast. Now, the goal of our podcast is to highlight the inspiring stories of athletes, sports executives, and media personalities who have faced and beaten cancer. Now, in sports, the term cancer in the room is often applied to a person whose behavior is somewhat disruptive, maybe a little negative toward their teammates or organization. Now, in our particular case, all of us on this podcast have had cancer, and we continue to battle each day. Now, the spin on all of this is that cancer is real, it is hard, and we have a ton of life to live, and we're going to do exactly that. And we all have to deal with cancer in the room. Now, uh, one of the things we're pushing forward is that this is going to be done in a positive manner. We are looking fun at doing this, plus we love talking about sports. My name is Bryn Griffiths, and your name is Dave Jameson. It is indeed. It is indeed. Who we got on the big show today? Uh, joining us on the show today is Steve Carlson. Uh, Steve is a former pro hockey player and a star, one of the stars of the movie Slapshot. And if you know Steve Carlson and you know the movie Slapshot, you know they like to fight. And Steve has been fighting and winning his battle against cancer. Steve Carlson, welcome to Cancer in the Room. Steve, we like to start at really ground zero. When was your cancer diagnosis? What was the initial reaction? Yeah. Right. We were uh, in 2021 in September. Uh, my wife, Vicki, uh, spotted a, a lump on my throat. And when I was living in Wisconsin, before I met her, I went to an ears, nose and throat doctor in Wisconsin. He said, you just got a clogged saliva gland. So I never thought nothing of it. The, the, it would swell up and go away, swell up and go away. Well, this time with with uh, my neck, it never went away. And Vicki says, that's it. See, I never went to a doctor uh, since 1988. After I retired from playing, I never went to a doctor no more. And so uh, uh, she said, you're going now. And I went there and they said, yep, uh, we're going to do a, a biopsy on it. And they came back, uh, cancer. Uh, my reaction, wow. You know, uh, my brother Jack had it, throat cancer. My brother Jeff had throat cancer. And now I got throat cancer. And I felt I, I felt terrible because, you know, everyone said that uh, mentions cancer. It's a death warrant. But uh, mine, I was stage four with you went into the lymph nodes and uh, I was I was I was afraid. I was afraid. There's there no question about it. And uh, uh, I said, OK, let's battle this because the, the, the recovery rate was good. And uh, I said, OK, let's go for it and let's battle this. And uh, we went and uh, got everything all done. I, I didn't have surgery. I did uh, eight weeks of chemotherapy radiation. Uh, we, right. we had to drive from Johnstown. Every day for eight weeks, it's an hour and a half drive each way. Our appointment was 7.15 in the morning. So we would right. get up at four in the morning, go do the radiation, go to chemotherapy, and drive back home. And we did that for eight weeks straight, Monday through Friday. So it's uh, it was trying. It was hard. I I, I, I don't recommend nothing. I, 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 cancer is a nasty, nasty disease. It has it has no pity on you. It'll destroy your body. And uh, it almost destroyed me, but... Uh, uh, I had a great uh, support uh, with my wife. She uh, she was my caregiver and uh, did a wonderful job. And the support I got from not only from the United States, Canada, and Europe, it, it was overwhelming, and uh, it got me through it. One of the things that we've recognized by talking to various people on this podcast is that the battle is ongoing. And, uh, you know, in your particular case, it's still going on. You've had a crazy last few weeks, and who knows? Somebody could download this podcast six months from now, but explain exactly what's happened since you and I talked two weeks ago just to set this up. 
what what happened is uh when you have when you have cancer and you throat cancer after you get your treatment all done uh you go every three months for two years uh for checkups and uh my first uh three month checkup was cancer free everything's great looking good my next three months treatment cancer free everything is looking good then my my uh, uh my year and uh after my second uh three month treatment my radiologist said hey listen steve you're doing so well you don't have to come back no more for six months so i i, I okay. skipped two years of treatment you know i'm going back every three months now i'm going back every six months well my year-end treatment i went back and he said uh uh everything's looking good you're you're nothing's changed you're looking great but uh we can have two weeks later i got a call from the uh uh, uh rn nurse and says uh we had uh Two other people look at your uh, scans and all that stuff, and we see something significant. I go, what? And she goes, yeah. yeah. And she goes, we can't. I said, is it cancer? Well, we don't know. Is we, but we see something significant. Well, now, and we won't have an appointment till June. I said, you mean I got to wait for uh, three or four months before I even get my next scan? I got to wait and think I have cancer again. And but yeah. we got on the phone and we got the ears, nose, and throat doctor a week and a half later. I went there last week. They shoved the scope down my nose into my throat to, to, to look at what's going on down there. And the ears, nose, and throat doctor says, Listen, it looks good. We believe it might be just scar tissue that because I had three biopsies done in in six months, or actually in uh, eight weeks. Yeah. It looks good. But we just want to really make sure that uh, – so we're going to do another scan on you, a PET scan on you, uh, just to make sure everything's fine, the cancer-free. So I'm getting that done in about uh, three weeks. Congratulations on that, Steve. How do you handle – did you handle the highs and the lows of cancer? Because you can get real low, as you've alluded to, and then you get the news, hey, I'm clear and I'm good, it's looking good, and then you get hit with another low. How do you balance and stay, you know, stay functioning? Well, I, I didn't handle it very well. I, I didn't handle it up well because you know you you you. My wife did a lot of research on uh, 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 chemotherapy and all that stuff, and they come back with uh, there's a such thing as chemo brain. It affects your brain with the uh, chemotherapy and the radiation and all that stuff. And I didn't handle it well at all. What really kept me going, and not only with my wife as a caregiver, you know, she did everything, and you feel you feel worthless because all you do is sit around and sleep because the radiation kicks your butt the chemotherapy kicks your butt you're not eating well i lost i went down from 170 to 140 in my weight and uh i didn't handle it well but uh like i said i had a great support system with my wife but also not only that i had a great uh uh fan base that was overwhelmingly uh, supportive of me. They supported me not only uh, emotionally, but they, the prayers that they sent out to me, not only in the United States and Canada, but also Europe, all over the place. Uh, that helped a lot. And I read every one of them. I I, I read the, the, the letters and cards that they sent me. It was very uplifting and very humbling because, you know, I, we would do the shows at the Hanson Brothers. We'd do 25 to 30 events a year. And I would go into an event, like when I was living in California, we were living in California, we would fly to the East Coast, which is uh, three hours different. We would fly in Friday night, do our show Saturday, leave at uh, 6 o'clock in the morning or flight out of, say, LaGuardia in New York, which is 3 o'clock in the California time. We would, fly, we would fly in Sunday afternoon and get ready for uh, next Friday again. We're going again. 
didn't realize what I actually did, how much money we helped raise, how much, how many people we helped uh, uh, emotionally with with uh, being around the Hans brothers and what we did as a as a as a group. Uh, we I didn't realize that, and now right now when I had the cancer and and people are supporting me and and it's very humbling what I'm doing. And that's why when it, when we're, we just, we, we got our uh, hockey fights, cancer shirts in or uh, putting on a full cancer jerseys in. And that's why I, what I'm doing now is the people that have bought the jerseys were offering a free zoom where they can watch me sign the Jersey and I can talk to them for about 15, 20 minutes just to give them the thanks and, and thank you for the support that they've given me. Got to ask you about something, and I call it the default, and you touched on it a couple of minutes ago. I think we've both kind of <clears throat> gone through it ourselves, where everything's going okay, and then maybe your shoulder's a little sore, and you go, uh-oh, what's going on here? Your, your brain just kind of defaults back to cancer constantly. At least it has for me, Dave. I know oh, we, yes. we've oh, gone yes. through this. Did you go through that at all, where every time maybe something was not feeling quite right, you started to wonder, is this a return? Because I keep hearing that from so many so many people that go through this. No, I when when my shoulder hurt, I just remember Clark Gillies unloading on me. <laughs> you <Okay>. know, <laughs> you know yeah. it's, it's a little different from my aches and pains, you know. I played 14 years and uh, it, it and, and coached five years pro, but uh, the aches and pains I didn't. I, no, I, I didn't really feel that. I, I I didn't I didn't I wasn't on any medication. I uh, right. I didn't take any uh, 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 nauseous pills. I, I didn't lose my uh, taste buds. I was hungry all the time, but I just couldn't eat. It was like having right. a worse sunburn in your life. And rubbing a uh, a steel brush down your throat because that's what it felt like trying to eat. And yeah. uh, and one more thing, you asked me how I felt when they came back and said they they found something substantial. I remember yeah. telling Vicky uh, about that. My wife, I told her, I said it felt like Gordy Howe just gave me an elbow and and Bob Prober just punched me in the face. <laughs> you know, yeah. it was like that. That's what it felt like. <laughs> uh, Steve. What- how did what did you draw on from your life as a professional athlete um, and as a coach that would have given you inspiration in this fight? I mean, because you you rose to the top of the game at the time you were playing, and and you were among an elite group of people who were able to play professionally uh, in in hockey. Did you draw on any lesson or lessons uh, experiences that you had as an athlete to take into the stuff you were dealing with with cancer? Discipline. Discipline. You can't play hockey unless you're disciplined. You know, you have to be disciplined in your own end. You have to be disciplined in neutral zone. And you have to be disciplined on your uh, offensive skills. Being a cancer patient, you have to be very disciplined because you know you you know what you're in for. You know what you're going through, but you can't give up. The, the game's not over until the final buzzer. And uh, I re- we refuse to give up. We, uh, we battled through this. It was hard driving to Pittsburgh every day, no question about it. But I didn't do that. I, I slept, you know, and, and, and that's the sad thing about it is as a cancer patient, you, you look at your caregivers, they have to do it all, all the work. They have to take care of you. They have to wake you up. They have to feed you. They have to clothe, they have, not clothe you, but they have to drive you to where you have to go to make your appointments. They have to make sure that the, the fire is burning and the grocery store is there, the meals are there, and they have to do it all. They take the garbage off, feed the dog, walk the dog. They have to do it all. And and that's a sad thing about uh, the cancer. Not not sad, but they don't get enough credit for what they do. 
they, they that's one of the reasons why we want to get back. I want to get back on the road because Vicky says, oh, well, you're my husband. I love you. That's why I'm doing it. I know that. But they don't get the credit. I want to go out there and make sure everyone realizes that the caregivers, they have to go through this also. Not only the cancer patients, the caregivers have to they have to feel all the emotions you go through. They have to feel all the pain you're going through. And not only that, now they have to do all the work because you can't do nothing. And uh, that's one of the big reasons why I w I'm thanking people for what they've done for me to help me out. Three years ago, Dale Howardchuck told me before I went in to have my stomach removed because of stomach cancer, he said, whatever you do, whatever the doctors and the nurses tell you, listen 100% and do it. Don't question it, just do it. Did you have the same approach when you're dealing with uh, the caregivers at the hospital? Well, we, we had a little problem at the beginning because when I first started, I, I went into a clinical trial. Okay. And, uh, that, that I figured, okay, why don't I try to help someone else out if I can? And they, they injected me with uh, uh, Pembro and another drug, and, and I had a reaction to it, and, and it, it didn't work well at all. Okay, sure. so, so, you know, obviously we've talked about uh, the caregivers at home. We've talked about the caregivers at the hospital, that kind of thing. But you've right. also gone down a little different road that some people don't go down, and, and that is you've you found a different spiritual level that's also got you through a level of this as well. Do you want to get into that for a couple of seconds? No question. No question. I was baptized in 2021, and uh, it was one of the, probably the best things that ever happened in my life, and I don't know why I waited so long. And my brother Jack, who was a reborn Christian and a sports ministry, he's in the sports ministry a little bit, and he, I would talk to him and say, don't, don't push that Bible studies on me. Don't, don't be a Bible pusher. Don't be a Bible pusher. And as soon as I got baptized in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, at Prenahoming Dam, I called him up immediately. I said, I apologize. I really, really apologize for what I said to you and how I said it. It, it is probably the most uplifting event I ever had in my life. It changed my life. It, it, uh, I, I have a great faith in God right now. We, we do our devotions every morning. I go to Bible studies on Wednesday. It, it, it is a changing uh, life situation. And uh, I went, it, it, it's very, I have no trouble. I have no problem now preaching the word of God and saying I, uh, the people bless you and, and hope uh, uh, everything happened because God has a plan for you. And he has a plan for me. He has a plan on what I'm going to be doing in life. That's why he, you know, the devil tried to uh, get me. With cancer, that didn't work. Then he tried to keep me. Then he tried to shut me up by pulling all my teeth out. Well, that didn't work because I'm still talking. Then he tried to come back with me at cancer again, and that's not going to work. So, right, right, we're on the right road, right path of uh, with God, and the the road is a lot brighter than it used to be. And then finally, to kind of wrap this up, and then we'll talk about your playing career, is is the amount of support you've received from fans. Uh, I know that. You know, we've both been broadcasters and people were coming out of the woodwork, the hockey community in particular. But other sports people were, were reaching out to us as well to kind of to boost our spirits. Was there anybody that, that did you get a text or an email or anybody from anybody where you went, wow, I never saw that coming or that saw, that kind of surprised me a little bit. Anything like that? Yeah, David Keon. Okay. And, and, and Gretz got a hold of me. He contacted me and asked me, and, and a lot of my former players that I, I played with, uh, Brian Troche, huge supporter uh, in Pittsburgh here. And uh, no, it, it, it's been overwhelming with, with players. And one of your uh, Edmonton scouts, Archie Henderson, he contacted oh, me. Yeah. 
He yep. uh, he wanted to know how things were going, all that stuff. Uh, Phil Bork uh, with the Penguins. Uh, Doc Emmerich was a huge supporter of mine. He would light yep. a candle for me almost every day. Doc would light a candle for me every day. And that's the type of person he was. And uh, it was uh, – that that was – and my former coach I was with uh, for many years, Gino Briaco, a uh, huge supporter. And, unfortunately, right now he's battling right now with his wife having cancer. But she's doing really well. And yeah. – uh, but uh, no, the, the the hockey support was unbelievable. They, uh, people would uh, uh, contact me and call me. But uh, those are just a few that I, I can uh, remember right now. Steve, with your playing career – I'm talking outside of Slapshot. Is there a story, a moment, or a thing you're most proud of, or that that is your hockey memory that you you know you really cherish? Well, yeah, because one thing I don't get credit for is when Gretzky got traded from Indianapolis to Edmonton. They had him right. room with me because he couldn't skate or shoot, and I, I taught him everything he knows, and I get no credit for it. You know. That, that's that, that's pretty upsetting. That's just like trying to do a film with Paul Newman. He never won an yeah. Academy Award till after Slapshot. You know, we taught you know, Universal wanted to uh, get him over the top to give him the Academy Award. Okay, let's put him with the Hanson Brothers. <laughs> Notice he won an Academy Award after Slapshot. But you know, I, I remember once once uh, when I was coaching in Memphis, we did a uh, uh, an event that we weren't drawn very well, and uh, Je- I brought Damon Jeff in. You know, short hair, mustaches, weren't the characters we were at that time. And we did a signing at, at one of our games, and we sold the building out. And so Dave had an event in uh, where he was a general manager of the Capital District Islanders, uh, uh, Albany River Rats right now. And he brought in Gordy Howe and the Handsome Brothers, and we filled his arena. And we're at the banquet that day. And uh, I remember, actually, I centered Gordy Howe and Mark Howe in Hartford. And right. uh, so Gordy is a good friend of ours. And one of the questions at our, at our uh, banquet was, uh, Steve, who's your idol in hockey? And he said, oh, boy, he put me on a spot big time. And I looked down at Gordy. I said, Gordy, I'm really sorry. But Davey Keon is the one I patented. My, I tried to patent my game after, you know, and he goes, hey, you picked a good one. And uh, so that 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 was pretty uh, amazing with the, the hockey world. And, you know, you know, there's only a select few that can say that they roomed with Gretzky and played with, played with Gordie Howe and Gretzky, and I'm one of them. So it's uh, it, it, it was a, one of the things I can talk about as my career, playing career, play with Gordie Howe and Mark Howe as my wingers. First time they brought me up and uh, put me at center, they they told me, say, Steve, go in front of the net, put your blade on the ice and point it towards the net. It will put it off your stick and it will go in. I got player of the week before I, I didn't even shoot the puck once. I got four goals that week. I got player of the week, not even shoot the puck. <laughs> so that, and that, that's how good they were. Hey, I, let's get to the movie part because it's amazing the, how this thing just continues. To, uh, it just it just regenerates. The interest level is so intense. But I, I've been meaning to ask you this: Did you find Slapshot, or did Slapshot find you? How did that whole How did the whole thing come together? Brenda, the movie's based on the three Carlson brothers. We played as a line in Johnstown. We had long hair, black glasses, way before the even movie even started. And uh, that's the way my brothers played. You, you, say, you see Jack play in the WHA with the Edmonton Oilers. He was the enforcer. Uh, and who's the fool? I let, I dumped the puck in, let my brothers go get it. I'll be in the deep slot. Give me, I'll shoot the puck in. You know, that, that's no big deal. But 
go to the stands in in in, in playing in Johnson with the Johnson Jets in the North American Hockey League. We did that in Utica, New York. Jumping a team in warmups that actually happened against the Buffalo Norsemen. All this stuff that we did, we just reenacted this stuff. We got arrested in, in, in Utica, New York for going to the stands. We were up for one to five years. You know, we just went in there and just started uh, fighting people. And uh, a lot of that stuff in the film is true. You know, we won right. the championship when we played. We did go to stands. We did uh, jump the team in warm-ups. They refused to come back on the ice. We won the series three to two. So we just reenacted the film and – they came. They wanted actors to do our roles, but they couldn't skate well enough. So they, the, the the director and the producers and uh, Nancy Dowd, who wrote the screenplay, she goes, "Why don't we give these guys a reading?" And uh, we read for them, and he says, uh, "Okay, do you guys want to do the roles?" And we said, "Sure, why not?" We didn't have to work that summer, you know. <laughs> so we, we yeah. filmed one month left in the season and two months into the summer. Yeah, you know, it's kind of amazing. Slapshot. It took uh, three months to film. Right. Slapshot 2 took uh, six weeks to film, and Slapshot 3 took 28 days. <laughs> so you got better at your craft. I <laughs> well, have to hey, ask. A, you. hey, yeah. hey, Dave, a lot of people don't realize we won Best Supporting Actors for Slapshot 2 at the DVD premiere. The Hanson Brothers <laughs> did. And that's a fact. That's a fact. When, when Steve, in the moment, you're doing a movie. You don't know how it's going to be received, and you don't know how long right. it's going to have a life. And here we are many, many years later, and this is, it's a cultural thing as much as it is a piece of filmmaking. Like it's now you uh, and the movie it's, itself are part of not just hockey culture, but sports culture. Right, right. When, one thing you got to remember when, uh, when Slapshot first came out, it wasn't received very well at all. Right. Uh, the NHL just didn't like it because we were, they thought we were promoting fighting. And one of the things that we kept on saying is we don't pro promote fighting. We promote in your face if a fight breaks out, so be it. You know, if someone should have to, they have the puck, they should be hit. That's the game. Uh, another uh, thing with uh, David Letterman, Cisco and Ebert, the, the film critics, they asked him a question. He says, did you ever make a mistake on a film? And they gave us two thumbs down. He says, yeah, slop shop. They gave us two thumbs up. And Paul Newman doing Slap Shot said it's one of the best films you ever did, having the most fun you ever had doing Slap Shot. So, is he a better skater than most people think? Oh, he was. Or, he actually skated. Yeah. He actually played when he was younger. And uh, before we started filming, he uh, he started skating about two months before we started filming. Right. So he he did very well for himself. There was only a few scenes where he couldn't skate, where they had a stunt double do his own skating. I got to say this because I wrote these down and you can jump in at any point. I'm going to mention a few topics and then I'm sure you got a story or two before we let you go here. Uh, train sets, the glasses, a personal bounty, a personal bounty on the head of Tim McCracken. What's that all about? Like, where do you, and the foil, how did this all come up, man? Two stories in hockey, two stories in hockey train set. Uh, on Sundays, the bar in Johnstown was, uh, uh, all the bars are closed on Sunday. So, Guido, the pretty boy, and Dave Hanson lived on the third floor. We, me and my two brothers lived on the second floor, and the landlord, the landlady lived on the first floor. And on Sundays, we'd pull all the furniture out of Dave and Guido's apartment, set up our race car sets throughout the apartment, have a keg or a, I'm sorry, grape or orange on it, stick a root beer over, and have the team come over, and uh, we'd race our cars and bet on them. Just to have a team team party. Then on, uh, let's see, what else do you have? Uh, wow. 
Well, you got pretty, yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, Tim McCracken, you have a personal bounty on the head. Is that true? That actually happened in the uh, United States Hockey League. Uh, our coach, Oki Brum, we were playing the uh, Green Bay Bobcats, and there's a uh, gentleman that played for uh, Green Bay Bobcats that anyone that knocks him on his ass is getting a $100 bill. Well, we only made $35 a game that day, so 100 bucks is huge. <laughs> My brother Jack got it. <laughs> about the so, glasses and the foil because that's uh, obviously those are huge like trademarks said, that in real life my two we, the three carlson brothers wore had the black safety glass like al arbor used to wear and what they right. what they did is because they fought so often they, they they taped their knuckles up like boxers then they outlawed they outlawed tape on your hands so the the mentality of a hockey player okay remember the old golf gloves they used to have the old thick leather ones we would scuff oh, yeah. up the knuckles and get them soaking wet and put them on our radiators and make sure you fought that first shift because it, once the leather got wet, it would soften up and it was hard as rocks that those the scuff marks on the knuckles. But that's where you that, that's old time hockey right there. But they just added right. a little foil to it just to make it sparkle. Hey, uh, a couple of other things. Bruce Boudreaux was in this movie. He was like uh, one of the opposition players. But they used his real apartment for Paul Newman's apartment. Did you know that story? Is that true? Yeah, 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 yeah. Bruce wasn't the cleanest person I ever met in my life, but uh, yeah, they used his apartment. Yeah, Buck Buck was pretty funny in that film. He 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 actually wanted to score goals, so he'd be on the film all the time. I mean, he did score a couple goals where his you know he was in the green jersey number seven, where he'd flash by the camera looking at the, you know I'm amazed that he didn't look at the camera the whole time. Okay, well, listen, uh, we're going to let you roll because we know you got a million other interviews. And maybe we'll come back and we'll give you a shout. But I know one thing's for sure. I now have your phone number. I'm going to be calling a ton to make sure that you're doing good. Yeah. Uh, thrilled that Vicky's looking after you. You've got great doctors, great caregivers, and uh, and you know how much the fans love you out there. So thanks for your time today. And thanks. For the most important thing about this podcast for us is we're trying to send positive messaging out to people that, you know, while you continue to do this fight, and you get through it, uh, there's there's a lot of life to live, man, and you're living it, right? It really is, and, and it's the attitude that really counts. It's your attitude that really counts a lot. When, you, when you're going through cancer, attitude is everything. And uh, I pray for everyone. I, I hope everyone is feeling good, and God bless everyone. Brent, Dave, thank you're you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. You're helping a lot of people. I can't thank you enough for the time, and I know our viewers will uh, really appreciate your uh, your wisdom and your and your experience. I'm looking forward to coming back on the show. Thank you so thank you guys. Appreciate it. Fantastic. Really appreciate Good it. Oh yeah. Just bare knuckles for us, I'm afraid. Yeah. Great you down. got it. Thanks, boys. This series is proudly produced by the team at Road 55. Road 55 creates content that connects. For more information, check our website, www.road55.ca.